0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. I feel revival in the house. that you need a revival of joy. Just just receive it. Just receive it right now. Hallelujah. 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 The psalmist said, Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? I just want to tell you there's some of you who have been walking through the valley some of you have been walking through the hot spiritual desert and it's been a tough road for you to go but i'm here today to tell you revival is in the house and revival is on the way hallelujah 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 amen one more time everyone give god praise in this house amen amen how about if you don't mind get your bibles in the hand i hope you brought a bible if you didn't bring the bible then you can say next time i'll have my bible praise god let the lord bless you hallelujah amen would you turn with me in your bibles to the book of 2nd Kings chapter 22 and verse 1. and I want to ask you if you have not read 2nd Kings 22 recently, I would like for you to after this service, make sure that you take time to read. Psalms, uh, pardon me, 2nd Kings 22 and verse 1. It simply says Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he reigned thirty and one years in Jerusalem. I am preaching on the subject prepare and preparing. Now there's two different meanings to this. When you say I'll prepare you you are getting things ready. You can set the table and get the table prepared. But it's another thing to be actively preparing. I can walk in and say the place has been prepared. But what am I doing to prepare myself? for revival. Now, I I know we've had a lot going on here today, so here's the deal. I do not intend to preach long this morning, but I'm asking you to focus in with me for about 15 minutes because I feel very strongly that we need to hear about preparing for revival. Father God, let the anointing come. For this hour, you have anointed me and you have, ha- have anointed these wonderful people, but I'm asking that you prepare a special anointing for this hour. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. This passage of scripture talks about a man that we do not preach or teach about very much and his name was Jos- Josiah. Josiah was raised in an ungodly home, and some of you have been raised in an ungodly home. Some of you right now might be living in an ungodly home. And you are the only one possibly standing out in your home. So Josiah, uh, he found himself in a real spot and predicament because he had an evil and uh, idol-worshipping father named King Amon. And, And King Amon was assassinated when Josiah was only eight years old. Now I want you to, this is where it gets real special, listen to me. At eight years old, this boy became the king. Do you remember when you were eight years old? Can you imagine being the president of the United States when you were eight years old? If I would have been president of the United States at eight years old, school would have been abolished. (laughs) If I was the president at eight years old, Children would not have to eat vegetables. Come on. Chocolate would have been the national candy. If I would have been president at eight years old. Josiah, however, did not actually take reign at eight. And here's where God began to orchestrate this man's life. Because at eight years old, as a child, he was taken to be raised by a priest. And so young King Josiah was raised by Hilkiah, the high priest, and his, and his family until he was ready to be king and the affairs of state were left to the palace officials while King Josiah grew up. It was probably because him being adopted by this uh, priest that he had a little more spiritual insight than he normally would have with his natural father. But at age 26, I want everyone to say age 26. At age 26, King Josiah ordered that money be collected for the restoration of the temple in Jerusalem. Now I want you to listen. It had fallen in disrepair after years of neglect during the remodeling project. Hilkiah the high priest found a copy of the first five books of the Bible and, and those were the books of the law and that's what they had back in that time and, and we know them as a Pentateuch or the books of the law And and they had been hidden away in the temple. So Israel did not hear the word of God. And here was the response. Someone found the law and came and brought it and started reading it to Josiah. And immediately when when Josiah heard about it, He repented the Bible says he wept he tore his clothes and he repented before God and and this was true godly sorrow because he didn't know what the punishment was going to be for not following the law but he knew we've done something bad Okay, now let's put that in perspective. When I was a kid growing up, my mom could say Al in a certain way and I I would run to her. My mom could say Al in a different way and I would hide from her. You know what I'm talking about. Josiah now is at a point where he goes, I don't know what we've done wrong altogether, but we've done something wrong and it's not going to be good. And so it comes to a point now that revival came and people committed themselves to to God. And after the renewal, King Josiah set about to rip down pagan altars. He burned occultic shrines and, and and he, he got rid of the occultic priest. And, and it, listen, this was happening in the temple. They even were operating a male prostitute ring in the temple of God. That's how perverted they had become. And they had not observed the Passover for 750 years. That would be like us not having communion for 750 years. I would say they needed revival. And I am saying you and I need true revival. So Josiah was a godly king and it it said of him, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him. That he served the Lord and did what the Lord wanted him to do with all of his heart, with all of his soul, and with all of his strength in accordance with all the law of Moses. If you want revival to come to you, here it is. Here I am, Lord. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do, and I'm going to do it with all of my heart. That's where revival will start. Now, I'm gonna to try to move quickly, but I need you to listen very carefully. The conditions of revival must be present for true revival to happen. This year in the United States, approximately 2.2 million people will die. Research suggests that more than one million of these people will go to hell. Did you hear what I just said? million people will die. And if by research, by religious leaders gathering information, one million of those, hell will populate itself and grow by another million people. We need revival. We need revival. Yet nine, now listen to this, nearly two-thirds of the adult population may be headed for eternal damnation. Yet nine out of ten Americans, 88% consider themselves to be Christians. In America, half of the adults who attend Protestant churches on a typical Sunday morning are not Christians. These people who attend church regularly yet do not know Jesus as their personal Savior have typically attended church faithfully on an average of 10 years or longer. Now, listen, born-again Christians think and behave no different by statistics than non-Christians in our American pagan culture. George Barner, George Barna research group examined 131 different measures of attitudes, behaviors, values, and beliefs, and concluded that in the aspects of lifestyle where Christians can have their greatest impact on the lives of non-Christians, there are no statistically significant differences between the two segments. Please continue to listen intently. Listen to this. Here's born again believers and non-Christian believers. The first statistic will be born again and the second statistic will be non-Christian. Watched MTV in the past week, 19% Christian, 24% non. Have been divorced, 27% Christian, 23% non-Christian. Took medication for depression in the past year, 7% from Christians, 8% non-Christians. Watched PG-13 or R-rated movies in the past three months, 76% Christian, 87% non-Christian. Watched an X-rated movie in the past, 9% for Christians, 16% non-Christian. 61% of Americans say there is no such thing as the Holy Spirit and about the same number say there there is no such thing as Satan and that includes professing Christians. Now follow this logic. Only one out of every four adults and even fewer teenagers believe that there is such a thing as absolute moral truth. The Bible is relegated to nothing more than a book of riveting stories and helpful suggestions without absolute moral truth. There can be no right or wrong. Without right or wrong, there is no such thing as sin. And without sin, there is no such thing as the judgment and, with, and no such thing as condemnation. If there is no condemnation, there is no need for a savior. And I could go on and on, but I think the picture is pretty clear that in America, we need revival. We must rediscover God's word. What happened here is the Jewish people in Josiah's day, they did not, not only did they not read the word, they didn't even know where the word was. I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you know where your television is in your house? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Let's get a little more personal. How many of you know where your cell phone is? Now, don't raise your hand on this one. I don't want to embarrass anybody. But how many of you know where your Bible is? There are people that they know exactly where their Bible is because it's the same place it's been for the last 10 years. Come on, we want to be self-righteous and say, look at how bad they were back then when we often don't open the Bible unless the preacher asks us to open the Bible. And that's why male prostitution could go on in the temple back then. That's how come that they found themselves under judgment because they had not even read the word. The average Christian spends more time watching television in one night more than they will read the Bible in an entire week. Listen, spiritual decline occurs when God's word is denied or neglected. Revival occurs when his word is heard. And it's time for us to get back into the word, amen? We must fall under conviction. Conviction is uncomfortable. Do you remember when you were a sinner and someone would start talking about righteousness or going to church or and, and you're like, man, I wish they'd get off that subject? Or... Have you ever been in a church service where you felt like there was a bullseye on your forehead and the preacher and the singer and the teacher and the testifier, everybody that had anything to say was, the only thing that was lacking is they were not calling your name out. That's conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. It's time that we pray, God, search me. If there's anything that isn't right, if there's anything impure, anything that ought to be removed, God, convict me of it. Let me know. I want to go to heaven more than anything. Get me outside of my comfort zone. Listen, what Josiah did was he tore his clothes. He repented. He did a turn around. If we're going to have a mass revival, we cannot have mass revival without first having an individual revival. We must turn. Every revival through history has started with one or a few individuals confessing their sins before the Lord and seeking for his forgiveness. The next point is we must seek after God. Josiah, he was young, 26 years old. He didn't know, he just knew, hey, we have messed up. He called for a prophetess. The prophetess came and when she came, he said, tell me what is going to happen to us. I know we're gonna get in trouble. I know it's gonna be bad, but I need help. I need to know. And so she prophesied over him and over the nation and said god is going to pour his wrath out on the nation because of the sin that has been going on for all this time you've neglected his word you've allowed sin to run rampant and god is going to punish however josiah because you repented i'm not going to do it during your lifetime Do you understand? He repented and a nation was spared during all of his lifetime. God said, I'm going to honor you so much that no one is going to face the wrath because you prayed and you truly repented. I want to tell you something, America. I want to say something, church. Listen, I believe the world is being protected by america prayers i'm not trying to be self-righteous we're not the only good country we're not the only people that pray but we do have uh, we still are one nation under god some people might not believe that but we are and the world oftentimes hates us because we have morals and we have standards. Although some people don't live by them, we still have a basis for it. And our prayers, I believe, is what is protecting many other people. But you must repent individually. It might be to the saving of your household. You must repent. It might be to the saving of Sumter. You and I must repent. It might be to the saving of our nation. Whatever the case must be, we must repent. <laughs> at a recent revival at a Christian college in Texas, the Spirit of God fell on the students and they began to publicly confess their sins, weep and wail on, uh, on the altars in the chapel. And they went for six days and the speaker told the students to go to their dorm rooms and gather up anything that would cause them to sin. That night they collected six lawn and leaf bags full of alcohol, pornography, cigarettes, paraphernalia of sin and they brought it and put it on the altar. Listen, I'm not asking you to bring your junk if you want to do it, but I am saying clean your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's where revival comes. Now, I'm going to get real plain to you. You need to hear me. Everyone, listen very carefully. You're not going to experience revival when you regard iniquity. And here's the bottom line. If you've got junk in your home that is not godly, you're going to reap what you have in your home. Oh, boy, you're one of those kind of preachers. Yes, I am, and I'm not ashamed of it. Your refrigerator ought to be opened, be able to be opened by anybody and not be ashamed of what's in your refrigerator. Oh, the magazines in your house ought not to have to be thrown under the sofa when visitors come to your house. You if you've got it in, get it out. Come on. Come on. The clap is getting less and less here. If you've got channels that your child you or your children can look at that are ungodly, there's language, there's nudity. There's things that ought not to be viewed by a Christian. You need to do something tomorrow. Call up the, the cable company and say we've got to get a new program because something's happened in my life. I'm going to experience revival and I'm getting some of that junk out of my house. If you can't control your fingers and can't make your fingers not Push on the button of the computer that allows filth into your mind, filth into your home. If you have to, sell your computer. Get it out of your house. If you can't control yourself, control the computer. Well, I didn't come. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand. I'm not through, but I told you I was going to be short. Stand. I didn't come for all that. I came for a church. Bring the choir back up there. I was feeling better when the choir was singing. I tell you what, when you stand before Almighty God one day, when you stand before Almighty God one day, you're going to be glad for a sermon like this. You're going to be glad that you cleaned it up. listen to this story. Guy was having problem with cursing. He, he kept trying. He tried to do better, but that old tongue just kept wagging. Someone would make him mad. His wife would get on his nerves. And so he just, he just let it rip. Don't raise your hand on this, but you ever been one of those? Who just let it rip. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they shouldn't have cut me off in traffic. My wife, if she wasn't such a nagger, I wouldn't have a problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me tell you what this guy did. He went and got him a bar of soap. He went and got him a bar of soap. His wife said, you fool, what are you doing? He said, I don't like the taste of soap. But I've made a commitment that every time that that tongue wants to be unruly, I'm just going to take a bite of that soap. He didn't make it halfway through that soap. He changed the way he talked. It worked for him. Some of us might need to go get a giant sized bar of soap and start changing our language. If we want revival, are we? Now, what happens when we get revival? This is it. Listen. When you get revival, you have a different outlook on life. When you get revival, it's not a black cloud all the time. There's some people that are bent determined to see the black cloud in every silver lining. But when revival comes, your eyesight changes instead of me looking to see all that's wrong with Johnny Houston, I'm looking through revived eyes and see a brother in Christ. When revival comes, when revival comes, it's not, look at all that I have to give up. Look what I get to lay down so I can receive more from Christ than I've ever received. King Josiah cleaned house. That's what he did. And after he cleaned house, God blessed him the rest of his days. Folks, Perry Stone is a mighty, anointed man of God, and I'm so happy to have him coming. But Perry Stone is not going to come here with a suitcase, open it up, and let revival flow out of the suitcase. In fact, if our hearts aren't prepared, guess what? Perry Stone, all he's going to do is speak. We're not going to have revival. We're just going to have services. But I I want to see... I want to see the alcoholic delivered in our revival. But I've got to go a step further. I I want my uh, altar team to come. I want to see people restored and revived today. I don't want you to wait weeks for this to happen. Why not now? Why not today? Now some of you, while I have been preaching, have felt conviction while I was preaching. You know there's stuff in your life that ought not to be in your life. You already know it. But why not unload it today? Revive me, Lord. Change me. Some of your marriages are going to improve because revival comes. Some of your relationships between your children and the parents are going to get better when revival comes. Most of all the relationship between you and God is going to get better because revival comes. Want every person to bow your head Father God, I pray that old-fashioned conviction would come right now. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would do something through the Holy Spirit that I can't do as a pastor. I can preach, but I can't change lives. I can preach, but I I can only be an instrument, but you are the one that has to change. And now, dear Heavenly Father, I pray. I pray that old-fashioned conviction would come. Lord, the Christian life is the best lifestyle there is. And there's joy unspeakable and full of glory in the Christian lifestyle. But if we allow things to be hidden, if we don't stay into the word, if we do our own thing, revival will never come. Search us, O oh God, Put the spotlight of your love on our hearts and on our lives right now. God, start with this man right here. Start with me. Search me, oh God. If there's any wicked way, anything that I have harbored, anything that ought not to be in my life, search me. And then Lord, search everyone. For God, I want to see real revival happen. Now, while every head is bowed, if there's anyone, you would say, Pastor, I am not a Christian. If I died, I would not go to heaven. I know I'm not where I need to be with God, but I want to get that handled right now. I want God to forgive me of my sins. Would you right now just raise your hand up toward heaven, put it right back down. Don't there. Thank God. Thank God for the hands that are going up right now. Don't be ashamed. God is speaking to hearts. God is speaking to men and women right now. Oh God, thank you dear God for what you're doing. Okay. Can I invite you? Can I invite you right now? I'm stepping down off the stage myself. And while I'm walking down, would you, would you come meet me here very quickly? Come on. If you raised your hand, don't be ashamed. I walked that aisle myself. I walked and I asked Christ to forgive me of my sins. I came to his altar and he wonderfully and gloriously saved me. Would you come? Would you come and meet me at this altar? Come on right now. Saints of God, please be praying. Saints of God, please be calling on the Lord. Are there others? There's others who raised your hand. Would you come right now? Now there might be others that today, I'm not asking you to tell anything. I'm not asking you to tell us what you've been harboring, what what you're laying down before the Lord. But I'm asking you right now in your spirit, if, if you would like to come to this altar and lay something before God and say, God, get it out of my life. God, remove it from me, oh God changed my life i've I've picked up some things ought not to pick up and and i've I've been doing some things ought not to do and i'm asking you lord to help me get cleaned up i'm going to invite you right now as they sing i'm going to ask you to make your way down here right now in jesus name thank you for listening to this week's podcast we hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for jesus christ For more information, check out our website at bethesdacog.org. God bless.